This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We are talking Cincinnati Reds here at the winter meetings outside of Washington, D.C. Tim McMaster along with our MLB.com Reds reporter Mark Sheldon. And, Mark, you look at this Reds team, obviously it's rebuild mode. It's been that way for a little bit. They've kind of at this point, though, uh, traded most of what they can trade as far as veterans go. And now it's time to look at these kids and, and take the next step. What does that mean for this week at the winter meetings for the Reds? Well, I, like you said, they've done most of the, uh, the removal of veterans. They do have two left that they would like to at least explore trades. Uh, Brandon Phillips at second base, uh, Zach Cozart at shortstop. Cozart would be a lot easier to move because he only has a year left uh, till free agency. Uh, uh, Phillips has a no-trade clause. He's making $14 million and he's going to be 36 in June. A little tougher. Uh, what makes it tough for both of them is that there's really not a lot of demand out there for shortstops and second basemen right now. The Mariners trade for Gene Segura really took away one of the, the, the big matches that could have happened for Cozart. So I think they'll spend this week maybe looking at those two guys to be moved. But, but if they don't have to move them, they'll hang on to them and find a way to make it work so they can get playing time for Jose Peraza, Dilson Herrera, and things like that. Yeah, they thought they had a trade for Brandon Phillips a year ago, and he has the no trade. He turned it down. Is he more willing to accept a trade this time around? He hasn't spoken publicly on it. I talked to him in September, and he kind of he was as emphatic about Staying, he loves Cincinnati. He liked to be in Cincinnati. He's always been very popular, of course. Uh, but I also talked to a, a source during uh, November, and I got the impression. And also, I think uh, John Morosi also talked to a source that we, we both got kind of got to the same conclusion that he seems like he's more willing to maybe move on that this year. It's it's one year to go. He wants to be a winner somewhere. Uh, he had a chance to do that in Washington and didn't do it. But maybe now with with what's left and knowing that he's kind of being a little bit, you know, shooed towards the door. Maybe that's kind of maybe motivating him to at least explore uh, listening on a possible trade and, and, and accepting one. You mentioned uh, the kids up the middle, basically, Dilson Herrera and, and Jose Praza, two guys that they got from dealing away those veterans and brought into the system. Do they feel like both these guys are ready for the major leagues now, or is it, you know, if we can get them there at some point this year with a, a look ahead to 2018? Uh, it's less specific on Herrera because they, they didn't see him in the major leagues. He only played maybe 25 games for the, uh, Louisville when he, when he came over in the Jay Bruce trade. But they did see Jose Peraza quite a bit when, when Cozart was hurt, when Billy Hamilton was hurt. They found a way for the last six weeks to really involve him in the lineup every day, and they, they loved what they saw. And they, they even at 22 believe he is everyday major league ready at, at a position. His best position is probably shortstop. But he could play second base, he could play left field, he could play center field. So there's opportunities for him to move around. And they've discussed that if they do have uh, Phillips and Cozart still on the team when they open this season, and obviously Adam Duvall in left field, Billy Hamilton in center field, and Scott Shubler in right field, that they will come up with ways to mix and match and, and have guys move around, kind of un, not unlike what the Cubs did with their lineup with having Zobrist and Bryant mis, you know, mix around places. So uh, I think it would be easier to find a, one spot every day, but they may have to adjust. 
It's interesting with Peraza, he, you know, he was with the Braves, he quickly went to the Dodgers and then to the Reds, and you almost got the feeling like, are, are these teams not seeing it there with him anymore? But, but I don't think that's the case. It just, he was the guy in the trade. Yeah, right? he was the guy who was a top prospect for both yeah. of those organizations, and the Reds really wanted him, and, and uh, it fit and needed what they, what they wanted. They, they also liked the fact that he's a good fielder, but they really liked the fact that he's just a hitter, and that he, he puts the ball in play. He's not a a guy that's going to sit around and wait to strike out. He, he, he's just going to keep swinging and he's going to hit. And he made a lot of things happen in the short time. Him and Billy Hamilton in the top of the lineup really were a reason why they were much better in the second half than they were in the first half. Talk about needs here this week. And, and you know, adding a starter would be great. But bullpen, right, really stands out for this team. Yeah, the bullpen can only really go up from where they did last <laughs> year. All the home runs they allowed. I mean, the, the team set a, a major league record in general for home runs allowed. But the bullpen led the league in, uh, in home runs and walks allowed, which is really not what you want. Uh, they did find some stability with Rysel Iglesias and Michael Lorenzen, two former starters that kind of came in and, and, and uh, gave Brian Price some options in the late innings where they could, he could use them for one inning, he could use them for three innings, and they brought power stuff. And they had Tony Singrani as a left-handed kind of de facto closer. He was never named the closer, but he had 17 saves, and he – the three of them maybe can combine and, and find ways to mix and match. They really are not talking about a, a set role guy. He doesn't think that, and Brian Price doesn't think that anybody in that team has earned a right to say, I demand this role every day. He thinks that guys have to be flexible enough to do whatever it takes, kind of look at what the Indians and the Cubs and the Dodgers did in the postseason and find a way to make that possible maybe is a little harder over you know, a regular season schedule. It's becoming tougher and tougher, I feel like, to add bullpen pieces just because it used to be you had to really pay your closer. Then you had to really pay your setup man. Now we're seeing with the deal Brett Cecil got and, and all these deals that every piece to that bullpen is getting pricier and pricier. It, it is. And, I mean, Melanson is a closer, and he just signed, a, I think, a $62 million deal with the Giants. And it's, it's uh, yeah, the, even the lower end of the bullpen, that's the kind of the, uh, the vogue piece right now. Everyone saw what happened in the postseason. They said, wow, they brought in Andrew Miller in the fifth inning, and, and he's going to get paid. And I think now that's become an idea that maybe you don't have to roll allocate your, your guys, even the closer. If you have a lot high leverage situation, your closer is in, in the seventh inning, fine, but you have to pay them still. And, I, and the one issue the Reds have is that they're coming into this needing bullpen help in a year when the bullpen market's going to be really high. And they, they don't, even though they have more money to spend, they have a new TV contract taking effect in 18. Uh, they don't want to get into a bidding war. They're not going to you know, get, get to the high end of this market for that. They may have to wait after the meetings, after the, the holidays, and then see what's left in January, and maybe they can get a lower price. So I, I don't rule them out getting anything done here, but I have a feeling it's going to be later in the offseason. You talk about them wanting to trade Phillips and Cozart, but other teams would love them to trade Billy Hamilton yeah. to them. Uh, that's a different question because he's a guy that obviously can fit into the future as well. How is Dick Williams kind of handling that when one of your players who's still very young is getting those big offers where maybe you have the opportunity, but maybe it's not in your best interest? Well, I don't know if the offers are big yet. I think yeah. he's listening, and I know he's listening, and he's I'm listening on other players that maybe they wouldn't plan on trading, but he, I think he wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't at least hear what they had to say. It doesn't mean they're shopping him. There's a huge difference between listening and shopping, yep. and I think it would take a lot for the Reds to give up Billy Hamilton. He's got arbitration eligible for the first time so he's got three years of club control if they want to win by 2018 and at least start contending I think they feel like he's part of that process and he needs to win uh, needs to be in the lineup as a, as a leadoff hitter but if they get blown away by an offer 
they may have to really take a hard look at it. I mean, the one thing they do value from him, maybe above everything else, is his defense. And he, he was so good defensively last year. He, he's definitely a Gold Glove consideration, uh, you know, finalist, you know, deserving. But uh, he saved so many runs defensively that uh, they may they may value that too much to make a move for him. When you look at guys, they they could trade. One that coming into the winter meetings you heard a lot about was Joey Votto, despite the team saying they had no interest in trading Joey Votto. And Joey Votto now has actually said, you can't trade me. Obviously, I have a no-trade clause, and he, and he would not accept uh, waiving that trade, no-trade clause. But it's still something the team has to deal with. It's just got to be frustrating, right, for an organization to have to hear all these rumors, knowing that, hey, this isn't something that's going to happen. Do you think they should have should at least be listening? Or, well, again, or, they should listen for everything. Right. But I would say... You know, I, the national media and, and a lot of people are, you know, always saying that, the, you know, small market team like the Reds, high contract like Votto, the way he produces, they need to get rid of him so they can continue to field the team. Well, they they're, they don't want to do that. They've, they've said there have been no negotiations at all to get Votto uh, this year. I know the Blue Jays a couple of years ago, their previous regime and, and Walt Chockety had apparently preliminary talks, but they never went anywhere. And... He doesn't want to be traded. He said last year and just this week, I don't want to be traded. He's like, I, I'm happy here. I, I don't want to make a stink. I'm never going to ask for a trade unless I feel the, the broom trying to sweep me out, kind of like what it happened to Chase Utley in Philadelphia or Brandon Phillips now with the Reds. You know, Then he might change his tune a little bit, but as long as he's producing and as long as he's happy in Cincinnati, he doesn't want to leave. And uh, you know, I, I expect every offseason we're going to hear these questions, but it doesn't bother the Reds, I think. It's just... Uh, they, they aren't. They and Joey Votto are not buying into the narrative that he has to be traded. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras from the Winter Meetings. For Mark Sheldon, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.